0: Hey there, this is Cole. Uh, just popping in at the start with a quick heads up. About 39 minutes or so, Gary's voice gets a little bit robot It's still mostly fine, but just letting you know we know about it and asking for your patience. Uh, we fix the issue afterwards. Shouldn't be a, a problem. Helper Gary shouldn't happen again. And if he does, we will strike him down uh, with immeasurable fury. Okay. War presents this season six wrap up.
1: This is Gary Butterfield.
0: This is Cole Ross.
1: And we're at the end.
0: It was a New York season, Uh, like a New York minute, but eight episodes or, you know, nine with a special.
1: Yeah, it was in New York, 240 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, we got, uh, we're talking about the bonus features. We're talking about kind of our final thoughts on season six. We're reading your responses to it, doing first and worst, and basically just bridging the gap before we start the uh, final season.
0: I know. It's hard to uh, believe we're already here.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the Venture Brothers. Uh, it's probably time for us to start thinking about what we might do after this. Probably. But I don't know.
0: I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> i was kind of this way when we decided to end monster my podcast too we'll figure something yeah. out something'll pop up it'd be yeah. cool
1: if the movie came out i know right then but it won't
0: no no i mean but, but there would probably be a preview and the show's gonna end in july so <laughs>
1: yeah yeah yep. uh that's okay um yeah we uh the current plans are to i think uh, we you and I have talked about this, but just uh, in case mm-hmm. we had talked about it since my memory, uh, feel free to correct me. Mm-hmm. Um, are to you know finish out season seven, uh, move on to whatever we're gonna do next, and then just do a special for the movie.
0: Yeah, that makes that makes the, the most sense. Feed. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, and then uh, yeah, so uh, it's real weird to see the end. Mm-hmm. Like we're not not there yet. We still got you know still got a couple months, but not a whole lot left. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Weird feeling. Weird. Um, yeah. And we're going to be off book. So we're going to lose a lot of valuable insight. Uh, <laughs> you know, stuck with just the commentaries. Yeah. Which are not valuable insight.
0: Yeah. Usually a lot. I mean, it's good, good to listen to, right. You know, gives you, mm-hmm. gives you some insight into the, in, into the boys themselves. Uh, but as far as production details, a uh, little, little more scant than I would enjoy.
1: Yeah. No. Uh, so let's get into uh, these special features let's do we have on this DVD
0: yeah
1: um it's kind of a bad crop
0: <laughs> a I, little, I think little the, bit.
1: a lot of one extra lines mm-hmm. you know like a, it just shows the scene and they cut out like one line the only bit I like in this is the deleted scene that's like the rickroll
0: bit it's really um, good
1: <laughs> it's funny it's a, that should have stayed in uh yeah. the rest of the stuff good to
0: be cut yeah in a yeah sense. <laughs> But like you think that the Rickroll bit is just so it's from Red Mean Stop um, and it's at the council meeting. You think that it's just Red Mantle telling Dragoon this anecdote about somebody doing something annoying to him online. But he's actually introducing it as a motion to ban the practice of Rickrolling um, in Guild Communications. And the room is split.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the the, the room is split. And Guild Communications is these at least seven people or whatever <laughs> something uh, very <laughs> yeah. very cute and uh, also gonna call out a little dirty pool on the uh, DVD because it says over an hour of special features yeah but it includes gargantua too mm, no and that
0: yeah yeah that's a little um, uh sp- special special features subtitles uh, yeah hmm. special
1: features like the episode you know yeah uh what's a little bit better so we start out uh, the special features there is a season five recap mm-hmm Uh, from the perspective of henchman 21 yeah um this is like fun and cute i think Mm -hmm. um it's kind of low it's low on jokes or anything it's just a straight recap yeah but it's it's fine it's cute
0: yeah it serves its purpose pretty well and i think actually maybe does a little bit better of a job of telling season five story than season five does
1: (laughs) it really condenses it down (laughs) yeah uh pretty well Mm -hmm. um you know there's a little bit of uh just to, to stand in the soapbox i stand on it has henchman 21 being like yeah i'm back with the monarch yeah. you know uh always a henchman but anyway mm-hmm. this stuff happens still like it doesn't really still doesn't justify those two things to me yeah uh, but that's okay yeah. yeah uh
0: the other feature which is more of just like an interesting thing than a uh that i think valuable is they uh apparently commissioned some artists to do interstitial id tags for adult swim Uh, Kind of for Mm -hmm. the commercial breaks or, you know, as uh, lead-ins to the show. Uh, And they're done kind of in various like 60s and 70s pop art styles. Uh, These are real cool. I think there's like six of them, but they're all, you know, 10 seconds long.
1: Yeah, Uh, they're neat. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it would be cool to have posters of a lot of this stuff.
0: Yeah. I love the vertigo one where it's Rusty's head in the center, but it's like, uh, flipping, th- flipping through like various traumatic things. Like there's him swallowing JJ in the womb. There's, you know, uh, clone Dean, you know, it, the doctor misses the monarch is walking away, but she turns around and has the monarch's face. You know, just like a real, like sweaty depiction of Rusty's, uh, you know, hangups. Yeah. The,
1: uh, the zoom in one is really good too. Mm-hmm that like does the thing where it just keeps zooming in. And as you get further into different details, like we keep passing through the, mm-hmm. the pain yeah. of, of the screen. Uh, they're, they're really neat. Um, I'm glad that they're on the the DVD because this is the kind of ephemeral stuff that gets lost. that yeah. real creative work goes into.
0: Yeah. It would have just aired on uh, adult swim and been gone forever.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, moving on to deleted scenes. Uh, Gargantua 2, I think suffers the most uh, from these because I think two of these jokes are gross. Yeah. Uh yeah. The it begins uh there's a little bit of Amber asking Brock if he ever thinks about settling down and him starting into like, You're you're a nice girl, but we both agreed that yeah, this was just gonna be for fun and it's like I I didn't need this specific yeah. cliche to be played out. Like no. the Amber Brock stuff never really went anywhere mm-hmm. and I'm okay with it and I'm kinda glad they quietly swept it under the rug.
0: Yeah. For a better, um, for a better thing, you know, yeah, um, much better. And then, uh, both gross and outdated, uh, the gag that they cut with the Paris Hilton stand-in, uh, yeah. drunk in the casino, uh, kind of making demands and stuff. And then, who is it? Is it? Is it radical left who like gets her and puts a knife to her throat and says, "Say one more word, and I will make you, and I will make you famous for a very different gaping orifice." Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Mm. Gaping orifice is a pretty gross reference to a pussy
0: yeah yeah like gaping
1: that that sucks all the romance and <laughs> and eroticism out of that <laughs> that incredibly awesome zone uh
0: I, I just, yeah mm, <laughs> so. but man
1: what that the david hasselhoff thing uh-huh and stuff like, these guys are like 10 years in the past <laughs> at this point making fun of paris hilton was like a 2002 thing
0: yeah and now like and and a recent thing when she was going and like pushing nfts you know but yeah. like not for this like
1: <laughs> it's, it sucks. Yeah, really weird
0: yeah Well, they cut weird. it it was good good judgment to cut it yeah
1: uh more inoffensive but also i didn't think has a whole lot of jokes to it mm-hmm. uh more of the triad fighting fires yeah uh, there uh, they they talked about this. We talked about it in the episode how they originally planned it because they talked about it in the commentary in the book. But yeah. having the uh the Disney sorcerer apprentice stuff. The, <laughs> the brooms carrying buckets.
0: That's cute. Yeah.
1: And stuff. I Like the fireman being freaked out by it. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, that's, that's the only bit I like. Cause it's like, you know, the broom walks up to you, bum 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 bum, bum, bum. Like that'd be really <laughs> scary and weird.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, and
1: also I never really thought about it, but how many fucking brooms does Mickey own? Well, Uh, at that that, point,
0: (laughs) I mean, is it still technically one? Is there conservation of mass going on?
1: Oh, well, because he splits it into multiple brooms. Yeah, he
0: has one broom and then he's like, oh, I'm going to make this uh, walk around. And then uh, the the broom gets a little big for its britches. Mickey starts cutting it in half and then each half turns into its own thing. And as he keeps cutting it in half, it keeps on multiplying, but getting smaller and causing more chaos. I,
1: I forgot about that. In my mind, he just summoned... Like, we'll take our 70 brooms that we have <laughs> to start
0: doing <laughs> You just forgot the whole like, point of the animated short?
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't uh, I don't particularly care for Disney shorts. Um, the point.
0: Yes. The trenchant commentary. No, I'm not calling uh, it trenchant commentary. It's just like the whole thing. Yeah. Just, yeah.
1: I mean, I know, I know magic gets away from him. Yeah. Is yeah. the idea. But it, it's also been parodied so many times I don't remember it. Mm-hmm. Like, I get it mixed up with the itchy and scratchy. Oh yeah, uh, parody of it and stuff. And I, I don't know. I don't
0: Pinocchio. like old Disney. Yeah, so oh, Peniccio,
1: I love I love Peniccio. Now Pinocchio, <laughs> <Ben-itchi>, you will <laughs> be a good boy. Uh, anything that makes fun of Geppetto's absolutely ridiculous pizza accent, <laughs> yeah. like you know, like talking like the guy on the cover of a box of pizza. I love it. <laughs> um,
0: uh, I also think it's cute when Orpheus is using his uh, psychic powers as he's still in there and rushes in. He's going to save helper, but helper is the one who saved him because Orpheus passed out. Eh, that's cute.
1: What, what's real weird is that in the actual episode, he says like, he's still in there. And then in the uh, button, they reveal that he got Mr. Richie.
0: Yes. So
1: like they changed, you know, what he, what he did. They just kind of had hand waved helper.
0: Mm-hmm. help. Yeah uh um, maybe no go has uh fun stuff but it's almost entirely with uh robobo for me yeah. <laughs> just, just like okay we got to get in they brought robobo with them so he starts sawing through uh saint Claude's front gate with his uh the saw on his foot and like okay, okay mm-hmm. well it will take an hour
1: <laughs> well, they, and and that's what makes pete just decide like yeah. can you just come capture us like uh that's cute and i love robobo
0: yeah they denied us more uh, robobo
1: uh, you get the audio from Hadred's tour guide tape that's mm-hmm. playing uh when Wide Whale shows up. Uh there's nothing really to it though. Yeah. It's kind of fun. The the weird thing that I was hearing is uh hearing Hadred's voice in isolation, you hit, I could hear a lot more hank in it than I usually.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Can hear. It's, I was like, "Oh
1: yeah, that is Chris McCullough. Like it, it, It's
0: it's one of those things where like there, there there are a number of characters I hear a ton of hank in um Augusta St. Cloud. Augustus St. Cloud okay. sounds like um sounds like Hank doing like a like a stuck up snob voice to me. Hmm. Yeah. Uh
1: you know, kind of fun, of interest too, to It's like a
0: completionist thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um the uh there's an alternate ending to Rapacity in Blue, uh, where they pull harangitang out of the hole. Uh, and Brock is coming back after uh going to Wariana uh, yeah. under the influence of the godgasts. Uh, and closes the loop on the advice about women. Yeah. You know, uh, he says, Hank, if you're still looking for advice about women, tell the truth, you know, and, uh, if they mention anything about an invisible whip, try to grab it first. Yeah. Um, and yeah, playing their, their weird whip sex stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just, uh, complete, you know, and it is actually good advice, even though it came about in the weirdest possible way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think I like that better than him waking up at the beginning of the next episode, um, with, uh, with the, uh, riding crop butt plug thing is in his butthole yeah, yeah yeah i think i like this because it ties into it brock's storyline with hank Moore. that you yeah. know joke about butt play yeah it's weird
1: yeah it's, high, it's not a weird joke about butt play even though it does have the like are you bleeding No, well, no well <laughs> maybe and yeah then okay yeah <laughs> that yeah. was okay. pretty good
0: okay I, I, right. I like that a little bit yeah
1: um in in terms of like outdated jokes uh in tanks for nothing the next one mm-hmm. we have dean actually visiting uncle hatred in the hospital with the uh the flowers uh and brown widow is there as well which i kind of like the idea but it's like a two minute long uh dean is actually gay with brown widow misunderstanding
0: yeah it is real classic sitcom tired kind of joke where you know it is kind of just very tortured dialogue on dean and jared's part you know, nobody would phrase things this way, but it's them being oblivious to the way that uh, hatred is hearing it. Right. Like, yeah. oh, you know, I just uh, it's an, I'm just I'm just sorry it took you so long to come out. And it's like, oh, I would have come out. But Jared here wasn't ready yet. You know, like, oh, he was like yeah. sleeping in late or something like it was,
1: that. I was, it was I need to meet you. Yeah. It wasn't until I met this guy. Yeah. You know, it's like literally like he found the right one. It's very explicit. And then when they leave, uh, Brown Widow's there and Dean mounts up on his back. Uh, in a way that is like explicitly the ambiguously gay duo mm-hmm. from those old Saturday Night live things, and yeah. like, man, that is that kind of thing is aged really badly. <laughs> like, I can do a double entendre, you know, just fine. Yeah, and nobody's hateful. Like, it's like hatred, just like I support you, buddy. You know, yeah. and I, I yeah. like hatred being a solid uncle. Uh, it just goes on for too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah, and it's uh, it's it's old. It's you know yeah. Uh, there, there have yeah. been, there have been much better instances of Dean very innocently in his enthusiastic boy voice uh, saying things that the he doesn't understand.
1: Me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your pussy must hate me. Yeah. Uh, your, uh, your, uh, what is it? Your gaping orifice must hate me. <laughs> um, the, 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 <laughs> uh, well then. but yeah, it's, it's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Uh, it's okay. I like Brown, Bidot, Mm-hmm. Uh just in general.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, it happening one night has, uh, some fine stuff. Um, there's mm-hmm. exposition of Dr. Miss the Monarch showing the Monarch evidence that she found. This is more, I'm glad they cut this because it's just exposition. You know, we, we, we know all of this information. It is just, it is just a chance for the Monarch to see that she has his picture as, mm-hmm. uh, as the blue morpho. Um, but yeah. it's, you know, that's fine. Uh, more what, more
1: stuff with uh, twenty-one being stuck. Yes. Underground too. Like yeah. uh don't love that. Again, sitcom-y. like when it gets Roll Three's company mm-hmm. uh this season.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh Faring Better is uh more Brock and Rocco mm-hmm. stuff. Uh good pairing. <laughs> you know, fun, funny pairing.
0: Yeah, it's from it's when they're in the car and Rocco's doing the whole uh oh, did they unfreeze you from nineteen seventy-nine? um and uh brock starts going into this kind of monologue about like oh you know we're never going to be partners you know i I work alone blah 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 and raka says speaking in 1979 you're doing 48 hours like verbatim (laughs) no which is real good i'd like any poll from 48 hours that's a that is a dated fucking reference right there
1: i (laughs) haven't thought about 48 hours in a long time uh and then uh, there's a little bit with um, Rusty being abandoned while being photographed by uh, Wes Warhammer. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, and when he looks up to see if Wes is still there instead of him just leaving, uh, ultra violent comes in and starts freaking out because she didn't know he was going to be nude. Yes. Uh, she was like, I, w- I would do this, but not, you know, I was told basically like I I didn't agree to do any sex or nudity. Yes. For this film.
0: Yeah. Uh, I liked it because I wanted anything more with Wes Warhammer's crew, like anything with the Doom Factory would have been great, but.
1: Yeah, Yeah. love the Doom Factory. (laughs) Um, And then again, we allude to it. The best one is the the alternate opening to Red Mean Stop (laughs) with uh, Red Mantle explaining being rickrolled and just being delighted. <laughs> and then they do that motion uh, to get rid of it. And then at one point at the end, they're like, they're talking about getting the blue morpho. And and I was like, shall we send him a Rick roll? <laughs> uh, as if that's going to get him. <laughs> He's just that'll, like very delighted.
0: That'll show uh, him.
1: <laughs> that'll show him. It's very sweet. Like yeah. you can do that kind of outdated stuff, outdated stuff with those old men.
0: Oh yeah. Know. <laughs> just put, uh, put it in the, put it in the voice of the right character. Right. Um, yeah. I, I mean I just I did my, my favorite bit is uh Dr. Z, who is pro like let's just have the chaos magic of the uh of the Rick Roll out there. Yeah, you know, the song is a feel good snappy pick me up and I welcome it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, very cute. Which um, is like why why would any I, I I kind of agree. I think Together Forever is a better song, but uh why would anybody be that upset if they just get to hear <laughs> If they just get to hear yeah, a little hear, bit, of never give you up. Never give you up. Come on,
1: yeah, not a bad song.
0: Not a bad song at all.
1: The uh, yeah. Uh, moving into listener responses for this, this will be a shorter episode because it's a season six, you know, wrap-up episode. Mm-hmm. These tend to be little breaks. Uh, Elliot says uh this show is great and really gives better insight into the fantastic show especially if you're like me and in the uk where we can't get the dvds season six is a great series of the show that suffers from one thing and one thing only a lack of dr byron orpheus and the order of the triad we miss them but in general the style parodies and reboot after gargantua 2 really work for me small aside have you watched kim possible as adults it's got a very venture brothers vibe with over-the-top villains organized heroism and a stupid amount of super scientist Dr. Draken and Kim's father definitely work alongside Dr. Venture and JJ. Uh, it's worth reappraising if you haven't seen it, particularly the Adam West episode and the one with Shigo's backstory. I uh, everything I, I've ever known about Kim Possible, I just learned from this <laughs> response. I. I knew nothing about Kim Possible except for the name.
0: Yeah. Um so this was well after my time when I was watching. Like I would not have been watching the Disney never had the Disney channel actually and wouldn't have been watching it in the early 2000s. Sorry. It, it, thank you for thinking we're younger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no no no, we're old.
1: Yeah. I'm a, yeah, I'm super old and Cole's also He's older and younger. It's weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: um, the, <laughs> there's, there's lore. There's lore. It's fine. <laughs> he's,
1: he's a sideways Benjamin button. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Uh, but yeah. yeah, I also missed the, uh, the triad.
0: Yes. Agreed. And I'm uh, happy that we're going to get them back in the morphic trilogy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, hopefully, you know, I'm sure they'll get some stuff in the movie. Oh. I can't imagine them not giving them a farewell.
0: I know. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, I was I'm not going to call them major characters, but they factor in, they've had focus episodes. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, Rose says, I really dislike how we never get any type of resolution uh, for the monarch being an asshole husband to Dr. Mrs. the monarch all season. In theory, these two characters are deeply in love and prior seasons have done some legwork to make me believe it. But this season makes me wonder why after the events of the morphic trilogy, Dr. Mrs. the monarch is still with the monarch. I'm not expecting a rehash of their relationship troubles from season two and three, but some resolution to show her react to learning the monarch was the blue morpho would be nice. Seems like a waste to round down this cool character they made, especially because she's the only consistent female character um, across all seasons of the show. Agreed. Agreed. I was yeah. thinking about this. This is a point that came to me when I was watching Red Mean Stop, and I should have brought it up during the episode. Um, but um, when uh, the monarch is kind of elbowing at 21 saying, oh, my gosh, look at look at Red Death. He's like 80. And he has this, you know, just gorgeous model of a wife. And it's like, hey, the monarch. Uh, <laughs> yeah, have dude. you have you looked at your wife like yeah. who you've been like I, dude, ignoring like, and being an asshole to come on? <laughs> You know, not only would, do you say that as
1: the viewer, you know, who else would say that fucking 21, Uh huh. (laughs) you know, who, who spent an entire season, like basically in that position, like you don't deserve her, you know? Uh, Yeah. She is a way better partner than the monarch is. And in revisiting the show, like this is like, you know, these last couple seasons, it's only the second time I watched them, but the first five seasons, this is my third or fourth time watching them Mm -hmm. and and doing this uh the monarch's inability to really change yeah and how they made the monarch like i hate dr venture and that's it like you know they were going somewhere with it with them finding out they're related at the end of season seven but boy is it like not a burn yeah he's the most static character in the show uh a show that is largely defined by it having like the cadence and semiotics of a show where everything resets, but everything doesn't, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, except the Monarch, Yeah, like there are a couple new status quos will happen, but the Monarch as a character never changes, never grows. He, he makes feints towards it, but he never actually gets there. Yeah. Uh, and it's a huge bummer. It is, you know, uh, it's a really big bummer. Um, you know, contrast like this season, everything that happens this season with, uh, Dr. Mrs. The Monarch and the Monarch With Gargantua 2, where she's, like, bleeding out on the boat, moving heaven and earth to save her husband Mm -hmm. from this, like, thing that's going to blow up. It's, like, such a wonderful, dedicated expression of love. And he's up in the fucking spaceship playing 20 questions. Yes. You know, it's he's such a garbage man. He's (laughs) such a piece of shit. (laughs)
0: You
1: know? He never Uh, said he was a role
0: model. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's true. It just it's it's the more you look at the monarch, the harder it is to really like him as a character.
0: Yeah, yeah. And in the show. they could they could have played with that. They could have played with the fact that he doesn't change. I think maybe there is an attempt to do that with him. Just, you know, all the lines about like, oh, I was just born to hate uh you know stuff like that but like that isn't necessarily i mean it's just kind of inert it's like a garbage it's like a garbage block in a, in a uh, dropping block puzzle game you know you just have to work yeah. around it yep <sighs>
1: just everybody are aggressing to their uh default states but not everybody just mm-hmm. the monarch in 21 you know bummer yeah uh, so 100 percent agreed i i think and the fact that they don't really do that in season seven either. Like I have a little sympathy for them because they have a lot of stuff to do. Yes. You know, they set up so many plates spinning. I get why they're like, okay, well this season is about this. It can't be about this and that. Mm -hmm. Like I kind of get it, but it's also a corner that I feel like uh, they painted themselves into. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not like there weren't filler episodes in seasons four and five that could have done some of this work to set up a different status quo.
0: Yeah.
1: And you, you could even do it within season six. Like, Instead of him going through this blue morpho stuff and just being like, it just being another means to his omni end, Mm -hmm. you know, of arching Dr. Venture. Like, what if he decided he liked this vigilante shit? What if Mm -hmm. he went through a similar arc to what 21 went through? Yeah. You know? Uh, know. Hey, this this shit's dumb. (laughs) yeah you know like what is my my goal here? This guy is pathetic you know he faints towards that he never gets there though, yeah, and it is a huge bummer,
0: you know, and what if after twenty one decides, oh, I need to hench, and then he comes back and suddenly you, you know the monarch has his own uh has his own cri- identity crisis right, and suddenly, yeah. you know he's being in- reverse, yeah, he has yeah. to be the steady one mm-hmm.
1: you know it 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 kind of writes itself like it feels like there are a lot of different ways they could have taken and I don't want to disparage the boys who are great no. writers. Like, yeah, then they were probably going somewhere with it.
0: Yeah. We're and again,
1: lots of places to spend, but
0: yeah, we're, we're absolutely Monday morning quarterbacking here. Um, yeah, but you know, yeah. it's, uh, it, it'll, it it'll happen. Make
1: a close read a little bit tricky. Yeah. Uh, Eli says, a fun fact, Serena is played by Kristen Malati, who among other things is known for playing the mother from how I met your mother. Fun fact, part two: She does not sound like Serena in any of the other things she's in. Good voice work, Kristen. Two, per a joke in this Orb episode, imagine a Disco Elysium mod in which all of your skills were Venture Brothers characters. <laughs> uh, Brock, kill him! Your knife is right there. Hank, Hank. <laughs> oh, yeah,
0: you can. I'll let you. We can go back and forth. Yeah, Hank. No, <laughs> no just tell him this is all part of the case. What? What case? There's no case he has. There is no case he has. No idea what he's talking about. This is Billy. Uh, just back down and figure out what they know about thermodynamics. Uh, Pete, don't listen to that nerd. <laughs> <laughs> figure figure
1: out where they keep the blow.
0: <laughs> Rusty, oh my god, why am I? What am I doing here with all of you?
1: Uh, Dean, but what's really important is where is where. Uh, or is, do they know where Scamp is? <laughs> uh, yeah that that would be uh, that would be rough because there's something I think about whenever I think about uh, uh something like this like disco it made me think of Disco Elysium or Disco Elysium made me think of this. Mm-hmm. There is a not very good late series Mister Show sketch yeah. about a psychologist who wrote a book where he's like everyone inside their head has a biker, uh, an old lady, uh, a gay man. And a courier. Uh, and they show like they personify them. They show four people and they're on a subway mm-hmm. and like he describes their roles, but they're all basically just supporting each other. <laughs> like, it's like the biker wants you to do what you feel. And the old lady backs him up all the way. <laughs> the courier, he's here to support the old lady. And the, like, <laughs> basically they all just go towards one thing
0: like that. Yeah.
1: Uh, that's what this reminds me of
0: a little bit. Um,
1: yeah, making making. I mean, these are all different things, but it reminds you of that kind of idea of persona, Herman's headifying.
0: Yes, yeah, uh,
1: you know stuff. Or well, mm-hmm. inside for the youngs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just translating the reference all the way down.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> slightly with slightly more cultural cachet yeah. inside than Herman's head. A little bit. So,
0: uh, but Herman's head is older and therefore better than.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't I, I, boy, I shudder to return to Herman's head. I remember liking it, but I don't know if I actually liked
0: it. <laughs> uh Never seen an episode of it.
1: Hmm. Yardley Smith in a rare non Lisa role. No,
0: she doesn't even do non Lisa roles on The Simpsons.
1: No. No, 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 she's like, well, would you? Like, the, those people, like, they get so much money per episode. Yeah, and it's such a cash cow. Like, yeah, I just the people who do more than one voice on The Simpsons are suckers. Yes. Like you, you could be Nancy Cartwright and just mm. chill. <laughs> Uh, Not Nancy Kerr, right? Uh, She does a couple. Julie Klausner.
0: And he's chill. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Jennifer writes, Love the Orb podcast, gentlemen. I'm in the popular Venture Brothers demographic of middle-aged mom who's been watching since 2001. Uh, Once streaming it, I now watch Venture Brothers on repeat doing chores and baking on the weekends. uh, Treating it like a radio play, because the writing and voice acting are just so damn good. Uh, Regarding the last episode of season five, All This and Gargantua 2... A popular theory has been floating around among fans that there is a joke behind the odd song choice at J.J.'s funeral. Uh, The crash test dummies have a song titled uh, At My Funeral uh, from their album Ghosts That Haunt Me. So if J.J. specified um, in his will that he, uh, quote, uh, he wanted uh, crash test dummies at my funeral uh, played. Uh, it stands to reason that Pirate Captain, who knows mostly 90s music, uh, see the Jesus Jones joke from Season 2, Episode 5, 20 Years to Midnight, uh, thought that J.J. meant he wanted the crash test dummies played at his funeral, uh, which could only mean their greatest hit, mm mm, mm, mm. Um, if Doc and Jackson intentionally did this, which knowing their history, there's a 99.9 chance they did. I salute those magnificent bastards. Uh, this is why I never tire of the show and why I love the podcast. Uh, keep up the great work and go team venture.
1: I love that. (laughs) Like that. That's very good. Yeah. Uh, and, and seems pretty, uh, and and then the the genius like little like very Venture Brothers twist is that it was a fuck up, but everybody likes it. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know my favorite moment in that is when everybody just starts singing <laughs> along because they like they're just feeling it, and it's kind of a great tune.
0: Yeah, you know? and Rusty's
1: uh, like, "Is are we really doing this?" <laughs> yep, and it's like, "Yeah, the answer is yes." Yeah, that that's great. That is a great uh, fan theory. <laughs> I love that. Oh, uh, Corey says, "Hey guys." I'm writing in to clarify that the viral Don't Tase Me Bro event was actually a Bush Jr. era thing. I recall this as people uh, played the video incessantly in the dorms my freshman year at Penn State in 2007 when it happened. Also, I recall the distinct sensation of my soul immediately leaving my body my senior year in 2012 when I witnessed a professor make a bombastic Don't Tase Me Bro reference to a packed auditorium, including a pause for laughter.
0: Oh, no. And it was
1: met with complete and total silence.
0: Oh. When the
1: Venture Brothers made their own Don't Tase Me Bro reference in 2015, I mostly felt confused by this choice. Generally, having grown up with the Venture Brothers, any counterculture reference they made uh, predating the 90s has really worked for me, uh, your Klaus Nomis and William S. Burroughs, as it made me feel like a very smart and cool and special boy for having gotten the reference. However, anytime they made a reference to something I personally lived through, the polar bear from Lost, anything from Game of Thrones, it's mostly landed totally flat for me. I'm curious if you similarly have types of references on the Venture Brothers that do and don't work for you, or if it mostly comes down to delivery and context. <laughs> Uh, that, that's a good question. That's a good, good point. Yeah. Like, you know, a, a Sharky's machine definitely seems weirder and more esoteric, you know, than a don't taze me, bro. Yeah. Uh, and that, I don't know if that has to do with age or obscurity though. Like how done to death something's been. You don't get, uh, close Nomi is old, but also like nobody's talking about close Nomi. me, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's old, but it's more importantly pre-internet. So there's not like memes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like I think maybe if we look at season six, um, and we kind of see maybe a bit of a corner case, like where possibly there's an overlap on this, uh, which is uh it happening one night, you know, and the Doom Factory stuff, like yes, that is a reference to, you know, older, you know, possibly, you know, like not not quite mainstream, but you know, kind of like Vanguard kind of stuff um happening mm-hmm. in pop culture. You know, kind of kind of things like, yeah, that could be, you know, that they could have cachet because it is, you know, from that mid-century period. Uh, But also like Jackson got his fascination with, you know, the factory stuff because of like the Andy Warhol boom in the 90s, you know, because it was on the 30 to 20 year nostalgia cycle where there were all those movies made about Andy Warhol. Right. So like that technically happened in both of our lifetimes. But for some reason, you know, like that boom, you know, it happened at both of our lifetimes, but like we associate it with the original thing, not the, not, not, not the resurgence that is being, yeah. uh, that, that is mostly being hearkened to. Right.
1: Yeah. I, I think that's, that's a, that's a big part of it coupled with, the uh, whether it's in the internet era. So something could be like run to death.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: yeah. even with that, you know, the, when we get to the 2020s, like Andy Warhol, boom. <laughs> And that's inevitably coming up yeah. on that nostalgia nostalgia cycle. Yeah, uh, then we'll see.
0: Yeah, I, like anytime twenty one does like a Star Wars thing, I don't necessarily care for it. It, it gets it feels real welcome to Eltingville to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: I I don't care for it in part just because I don't care for Star Wars, but also because it just everyone's doing it. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, too much. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it comes by honest. Like I do believe that they're all. uh, you know, these are actually things they all legitimately really love. Mm-hmm. You know, like this is, these are actual interests of theirs. So it doesn't come come off as forced or pandering. Even like the don't tase me bro thing. Yeah. Like I believe that they legitimately thought it was it was funny and that's why they put it in. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, just whether it feels kind of like cringy and outdated to me mm-hmm. is the difference.
0: Yeah. Or would you know. you know, I can't remember. I I didn't watch this when it aired, so I don't have a uh I don't have a reckon for how it would have felt in the time. You know, I'm watching it five years later. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, what does Andrew say?
0: Um, Andrew says, I'm going to go against the podcast consensus and and say that I find season six to be a pretty significant step down in quality from season five, or at least a pivot away from one of the aspects of the show that I most admire. A great joy of the Venture Brothers to me is its willingness to shift its setting and character spotlights on an episode to episode basis. Uh, This season, there's a sameness to Dr. Venture hanging around Ventec Tower or Dr. Girlfriend being oblivious to the monarch's accidental heroism that, while not without its merits, Uh, feels a little contrary to the wild diversity of stories and ideas uh, that previous seasons had. Shaking up the status quo by moving to New York and calling some of the supporting cast was a laudable decision, Uh, but it's not until the morphic arc uh, uh, concludes uh, in the admittedly terrific uh, Rears in Science that something closer to the grab bag approach that I adore returns to the show. It feels criminal to say this about something that includes it happening one night, Uh, but I tend to find season six to be the weakest season outside of the first With all that said, your weekly analysis of these episodes did make me appreciate them more than I ever had, so uh, my thanks for that. Uh, and then there's a postscript uh, on a fifth season commentary track. Doc Hammer offhandedly mentioned uh, wanting to see a breakdown of how frequently each character appears across the series. A year of being quarantined was just enough time to <laughs> to make this idea seem like it was, uh, <laughs> it was deeply important to pursue. Doc Hammer might never see the results of his extemporaneous request, but maybe you or your listeners will find some use here. And there's a link to a Google spreadsheet. Very well formatted uh and very thorough
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i i'm really curious about this because it has a uh, vendetta blue morpho being mentioned or referenced in uh dia de Los dangerous oh i don't remember i don't know if i remember that i have to take a look yeah yeah pretty neat like uh this is a cool <laughs> document
0: yeah uh i'll put a uh i'll put a link to this in the uh in the show notes um yeah, very you know, very cool it's just on google docs so it's not going to throttle any uh it's not going to throttle any yeah that 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 should be fine although i would uh make it can can, can i edit this no i cannot okay very good it's view only <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: perfect i uh, i think that the the monster of the week flavor you get from the new villains mm-hmm. in season 6 but i agree that uh we lose some of that freewheeling spirit with the uh blue morpho yeah through line yeah sure. uh, and it's really the only through line like the venture brothers side of things they move to new york but they don't have a macro plot like rusty is doing r&d mm-hmm. for a couple episodes a season but he does not have a long-running plot this season no or anything it's really the monarch is the you know the going through and rusty just kind of batting away mm-hmm. a series of villainous flies
0: yeah
1: uh here um so, yeah, I, I, I can see what you mean, even though I think that, like, just the jokes and the, the that, you know, gang of koopy, kooky creeps, gremlins and stuff <laughs> that they fight, uh, do a lot of work.
0: Yeah, and yeah. I think it's going to be down to individual taste, whether, you know, the deviation from the thing that you associate with the show is worth going to something that works on its own merits, but is, but is different from what you're here for, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, thanks, everybody, for writing in. We appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll definitely end up doing a grand show and season seven wrap-up uh, episode mm-hmm. after the movie. Uh, when the movie comes out, we'll probably do any movie thoughts in that same episode or two uh, when we bring it back. Yeah. So just to kind of set expectations. If you end up having things to say about that, we you have things to say about season, season seven, uh, there will be an opportunity for such.
0: Uh so yeah as you're listening to season seven, season 7 and if you have thoughts you know, you want to want to write in to get in on that wrap up uh you can just go to duckv.tv/contact and use the orb button uh, and those will go to the proper place.
1: Indeed. Uh let's first it and worst it.
0: First and worst. Uh, I always yeah. forget what we start with. Do we do we start with worst?
1: You know, I don't remember, but I don't think it matters. Okay. Uh, follow your heart.
0: <laughs> what, uh, what do you think? Uh, okay. Let's do, uh, let, let, let's do worst first. Okay. Yeah. Um, I So worst is tough, but I think that it comes down to probably somewhere between faking miracles and rapacity and blue. I just, I don't think that like a lot of cool stuff happens in those actually. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I I was going to say rapacity in blue uh, because I because I don't remember very much about it. Yeah. You know, uh, part of it is just the, uh, you know, uh, this is the the God gas one, which I thought the Faking Miracles one is. But that's the science slime.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Maybe it's the science slime one for me, but it's definitely between these two.
0: Yeah. Uh, f- faking, faking miracles has the, uh, like the, like what lifts that up a little bit for me. It has the, the, the copycat stuff. Um, yes. Yeah. 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 No, r- like, like, r- r- like rapacity and blue, uh, the just kind of like very little is moved forward. You know, there's like a little bit of that, like the the it's the God gas, which is, you know, them panicking. But like it, and at the in the absence of an actual story arc about the way that Rusty is running Ventech into the ground, you know, like, hey, we have this conference coming up in three weeks. um, We need something yeah, big, yeah. you know, kind of just turns the God gas into like, OK, here's our here's our gimmick for the episode.
1: And the god gas is a little bit annoying. Yeah. You know, uh, to me. I, I basically agree with that. I have to give special uh honorary demerits to Red Mean Stop though yeah. for being bifurcated. Oh like, yeah. Anything that's in the saw section, I think literally is garbage mm-hmm. and should have been jettisoned. And we spend a lot of time with it. Yeah. Uh, I think that I think that has no value. Yeah. Um, you know, the red mantle stuff is good. At the end with the the you know, volleyball in the pool, that's real cute. The two snipers, you know, the the guild and the the OSI snipers and stuff, all very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything with that soft parody is just garbage. Agreed. It's some of the worst content I think they made on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I really hate it. Yeah. Uh, I hate what it does the 21's arc. I hate the lack of jokes during it. I hate how dated it feels. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, everything about it, I hate.
0: I, I agree. Know.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's the worst storyline, if not the worst episode.
0: Yeah. Uh, in the season i think mm-hmm.
1: and then my my first is very easily it happening one night
0: yeah uh, uh without which, w- without question it's one of the best episodes yeah. of the sea of the series
1: yeah uh because both both halves of the, it's a, an a and a b plot both of which are firing on all cylinders mm-hmm. uh the doom factory is super fun all of the stuff with hank and serena is very cute um the ninja restaurant is really good i like brock and Rocco. Mm-hmm. uh that's a great episode yeah great episode of the show
0: agreed yeah
1: and then uh honorable mention on that if i had to do uh, i might do a wild card and say maybe no go
0: yeah that, that would be my uh, fallback yeah which is real cute you get
1: that uh, title sequence for billy Quizboy and the pink pilgrim mm-hmm. and stuff uh, that's all fun
0: yeah agreed
1: so, a pretty high batting average for me mm-hmm. for this season yeah um yeah
0: it, you know, like like mostly, it, like it gets hard to it. Get, it really does get hard to like make a, de- a declaration about in any individual episode because you know a because of the way this this season is structured, where each episode checks in on so many different things at different times. You know, kind of to Andrew's mm-hmm. point, right? Like, yeah, you know, it's it's, just,
1: they're they're less uh, demarcated, yes, than they could be. Um. The uh it's gonna be real weird for season seven where they switch to the uh big bang theory titling. I know, right? Generally, and I don't know what any of that shit means. <laughs> like I can't associate the titles with a thing that happens. Nope. Uh because they're they're garbage titles, <laughs> uh, other than careers <laughs> in science, which is great. Yeah. And that's like a real cute little reference. Uh yeah. that's the perfect title. All the rest of the titles are garbage. Yes. The roqueal affair.
0: The roar affair. Off. No, no, yeah. thank you. Yeah, don't do
1: that. <laughs> So that'll, that'll be a, a tricky first and worst. But, yeah. Uh, we'll be coming back with the beginning of, uh, season seven mm-hmm. next week. Until then, we appreciate you. Thank you for listening. If you like the show and would like to support us and get bonus shows, uh, go to patreon.com slash TV. Yeah.
0: Um, you can also leave a rating, or review and, uh, tell your friends, uh, you know how to help out podcasts. Uh it's, mm-hmm. we, we say we say it every episode but honestly it all does make a difference. We can be I can be dismissive and say like yeah, no you know what to do, but like all of it does help. It does
1: help. And if this is somehow your first podcast, Welcome. Uh, we're not actually in the room with you.
0: <laughs> so it
1: might seem like it because yeah. we're we're talking in your ears, but we actually recorded this a couple of weeks ago.
0: Yeah. Uh you can uh, you can stop r- ripping up the, the notebook.
1: Car- <laughs> <laughs> like it's like that.
0: Oh <laughs> What, what do you mean? The, by by the notebook do you mean the lake house?
1: Yes. Okay. Uh I was I was gonna correct myself, but instead of correcting myself with the right thing, I was gonna correct myself with the time traveler's white. Yeah. Oh,
0: okay. um, <laughs> the,
1: the, uh, the notebook isn't magic? I, I no. forgot about the notebook. I don't <laughs> um yeah. it's not a time notebook.
0: No, no all I um, mean it, it it depends on what you think about dementia.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh generally Pro, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I guess every notebook is kind of a time notebook because you write something and then later read it.
0: Yeah. Well, Mm. except for this one notebook. Check in SCP entry number four (laughs) twenty sixty nine.
1: Yeah, the notebook that goes backwards. Yeah.
0: They they called it called the it's Merlin ruled.
1: Yeah, if uh, if if it's written by Benjamin Button, (laughs) uh, (laughs) we need to stop. yeah no no Uh, yeah we do because i have stuff to do today after record Uh, (laughs) good night everybody we appreciate you good night uh and uh until next time
0: go team venture